0: Topic 22 First Paper of 20th Century Negro Literature This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Shasta, Oakland, California. 20th Century negro literature topic twenty two first paper by professor arthur st george richardson what is the negro teacher doing in the matter of uplifting his race far out in mid-atlantic ocean about seven hundred miles east of new york lies the group of sunny isles known as the bermudas one of these beautiful choral formations called st george's was born july fifth eighteen sixty three the subject of this writing arthur was sent to canada in eighteen seventy eight to attend the public schools of st john's new brunswick being an apt pupil he soon finished the curriculum of studies of the grammar schools, and in eighteen eighty entered the high school, from which in three years' time he was graduated. Not considering his education complete at this point, Arthur matriculated at the University of New Brunswick at Fredericton in the fall of the same year, being the first and only colored man to enter this institution of higher learning as in the high school so now in college young arthur distinguished himself among his classmates by winning a scholarship and at times leading his class in greek he was graduated from the university with honors in classics june eighteen eighty six He was then elected principal of the Wilberforce Collegiate Institute at Chatham, Ontario, where he served one year, increasing the attendance and greatly improving the work of the school. The following year, 1887, he returned to his native home and visited his parents from whom he had been separated nine years the next year after his return to canada he was invited by bishop w j gaines to come to georgia and assume the principalship of morris brown college in atlanta after much hesitancy mr richardson accepted the invitation and took charge of morris brown college when it was a school of small proportions and modest pretensions here professor richardson served ten successive years each year adding something to the fame and increasing popularity of the school in eighteen ninety eight he was offered the presidency of edward waters college in jacksonville florida by bishop w j gaines who felt that the educational work in florida then needed just such a person as professor richardson had proven himself to be in georgia resigning his position in atlanta he came to florida and at once set to work to restore edward waters college to the confidence of the people in a year's time the school was again assuming the flourishing condition that it once had the great fire of jacksonville may third nineteen one caused him to lose all his possessions in the destruction of the college buildings nevertheless he had held on unflinchingly to the work and at great sacrifice and loss has kept the school together and is now serving his fourth year at the head of this institution an examination into the earliest records of history will reveal a fact that is not observant to the casual reader that man as an individual has ever been groping in darkness seeking hither and thither to find a ray of light that would safely guide him and lead him through the mystic veil of doubt and uncertainty be a light to his pathway a lantern to his feet to this end he has lent all his energies and directed all his forces long and tedious have been the ways and the journeys yet onward and upward he has continued to travel through storm and tempest amid trials and vexations until finally after many centuries of progressive endeavor and honorable achievements he has reached the loftiest pinnacle of fame and there on its rugged summit has inscribed in letters of gold the result of his many conquests in literature science and art in religion philosophy and commerce we use the generic term man as embracing all the various descendants of the sons of noah for each race variety has in its turn played its part in producing the high degree of civilization that it is now our heritage and privilege to enjoy each has been an important factor in the development of some element that is essentially its own in thus reviewing the early history of the world we also find that the peoples who sat in darkness were brought to the light only through the agency of the teachers of the times in which they lived who made egypt renowned Were they not her great teachers, whose pupils came from far and near to learn, as it were, the foundation steps of our great civilization? Who in China is better known to the world than the Greek teacher Confucius? Who gave to Greece her renown for philosophy and art? Was it not Aristotle and Plato? Mention Rome, and the names of Quintilian and Cicero are recalled to our minds as the foremost educators. The Israelites had their prophets to instruct them until the great teacher came to earth to enlighten all mankind. What was best and noblest in the systems of the famous teachers before the advent of Christ was crystallized into the method adopted by the son of man he came to elevate the whole man to shed light into his whole being his mind his body and his soul many and various have been the devices of mortal man to imitate the plan of the master and yet after centuries of earnest endeavor we have but recently begun to recognize the fact that complete success in the education of man lies in the secret of training the whole man mind, body, and soul. Passing over the long period of scholastic apathy in European history, we come to a more recent epoch of intellectual awakening in the founding. Of great universities and stately colleges. These several institutions, through the instructions given by their most eminent teachers, have of themselves made the respective places of their establishment famous in both hemispheres. Between the periods of the revolutionary and civil wars in America, educational interests seemed to be centered mainly in the cultivation of the intellect as the only part of man that required special training the abolition of slavery and the consequent endeavor to enlighten the freedmen gave rise to a new phase of educational activity this new ideal was the training of the body and the soul along with that of the mind this system naturally reduced the length of time usually devoted to mind culture in proportion as time was required for the training of the hand and the cultivation of the moral side of man foremost among the early teachers to inaugurate this system were Mrs. Francis Ellen Watkins Harper, Mrs. Sarah J. Early, and Bishop John M. Brown. As a result of their efforts in this direction, we have Wilberforce University, the first school by Negro teachers to follow the plan of the Greek Teacher, since the establishment of Wilberforce in the North many similar institutions have been founded in order to give the brother in black an opportunity to show to the world what the negro teacher is doing and can do toward uplifting his race it is a difficult matter to estimate the good that a true teacher can do be he of whatever race variety to calculate on the noble work of the majority of the self-sacrificing and virtuous negro teachers is a task beyond the ability of man bishop daniel a Payne, the apostle of an educated ministry is known throughout the country for the noble work he did in teaching the people at large as well as his immediate pupils, both how to live and how to die. Almost every educated Negro preacher has at some period of his scholastic career served in the capacity of a teacher, and therefore, after his advent to the gospel, ministry has continued to instruct the people under the same principles of teaching to be a teacher in the strict sense of the word requires the possession of certain qualities of mind and soul and the power to exercise these qualities in such a manner as to awaken in the mind of another thoughts similar to those of the person assuming to teach and thereby causing the mental activity on the part of the learner To become knowledge and power we therefore hold that the negro teacher has acted along the method here described and has thus been the means of enlightening the masses of the colored people that lay claim to any degree of education whatever what the negro teacher has accomplished has been done not from a selfish motive or a mercenary point of view but primarily because he has endeavored to do his part toward elevating the race with which he is identified if it is true that the salvation of the negro lies in his being educated then to the negro teacher must be attributed the greater portion of his salvation again The majority of the negro teachers are christian men and women of high moral character and as such are shining lights in the community in which they may be engaged in teaching the good they thus do is not confined to the school or classroom but permeates every sphere of society ennobling and enriching the thoughts and minds of all with whom they may have dealings both by their chaste conversation and by their upright and godly life the negro teacher therefore wields an influence for good not only by precept but what is considered far better also by example furthermore the negro teacher in the day-school invariably becomes a teacher in the sunday-school of the town where he happens to be living and here again he exerts a power for good confirming and strengthening the teachings of the past week aside from his professional duties the negro teacher is often called upon to decide on matters of grave importance in many cases he is the attorney for individuals who are unable to secure the services of a competent lawyer in this capacity he often acts as justice of the peace as well as a peacemaker thereby allaying strife and contention from early morning till late at night, the Negro teacher is besieged by questions of every sort and kind, which he must satisfactorily answer to the benefit of the inquirer, be he farmer or blacksmith, preacher or vagrant. In fact, the Negro teacher in the rural districts answers the purposes of a bureau of information such is the lot of the average negro teacher that there are exceptions need not here be stated from what he has done on a small scale may be inferred from what is being done on a larger basis of operation by the best and most renowned of the negro teachers in nearly every southern state of the union may be found some one or two famous educators and teachers of negro descent professor john r hawkins of north carolina commissioner of education of the ame church has established kittrell college professor j c price gave us livingston college in north carolina Professor E. A. Johnson of Virginia has written A Worthy History of the Negro Race, now in use as a textbook in many public schools. In South Carolina, we find results of the great work in science by Professor J. W. Hoffman. Georgia is proud of Professor R. R. Wright, president of the State Industrial College at Savannah, orator and historian, also Professor W. H. Krogman, scholar and author. In Florida, the names of Professor T. D. S. Tucker, Professor T. V. Gibbs, and Professor T. W. Talley stand high, as eminent scholars and professional teachers. Alabama is rich in having the foremost men of the race as her great teachers, Professor B.T. Washington, founder and principal of Tuskegee Institute, and Professor W.H. Council, president of the State Normal and Industrial College at Normal. And thus, we might mention each state and her eminent Negro teachers, but it is not necessary. The above suffices our purpose. And yet, we would not conclude without referring to the noble work of Professor W.S. Scarborough of Wilberforce, Ohio. He has gone a step beyond the ordinary and given us a Greek textbook that has been adopted in many schools. Moreover, his contributions to the leading magazines and periodicals are eagerly sought and read by the best scholars of the day, without reference to race. With this accumulated force of intelligence, radiating its numerous beams of light in every section of the land, one need not seek far to find an answer to the query what is the negro teacher doing in the matter of uplifting his race as we endeavored to show in the beginning that it was through the instrumentality of their teachers that many countries acquired fame and gave to posterity a name honorable and glorious So now the Negro teacher, in his weak strength, is laying the foundation for successive generations to build upon, a foundation more durable than stone or granite, more valuable than rubies or diamonds, the cultivation of the morals, the training of the hand, and the enlightenment of the mind. With an informed mind, a skilful hand and an upright conduct, there is no reason why the Negro should not take his place upon the stage of action, play well his part in the drama of life, and meritoriously receive the plaudits of the gazing nations of the world End of topic twenty two first paper.